So, Harry. Yeah. If you had to watch the same film every night for, let's say, three months. Okay. What film would you choose? Not this one. Not this one. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty long, understandably so. Yeah. Uh, oh, length. Yeah. Okay. I've not really thought about the length. Okay. My answer here is Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Famously okay. well, not a short film. Also not a short film. That's a lot. Didn't think that was through, did I? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I really should have picked a short film. But I was thinking something like Forrest Gump because it's just full of moments. Mm. You know, it's always, oh, here's the bit where blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd have to go with Forrest Gump. Do you not think that, though, because I know you really love Forrest Gump and it's a very, like, heartwarming film. Yeah. Do you not think it would ruin it? Do you not think, like, by the end of the three months, you'd just be like, I, I think it would ruin any you. film. Yeah, true. Can you name a film that, that, that would be that would benefit from being watched every day for three months? No, 90 true. days in a row? True. So pick something you hate already and then, you know, well, you've lost nothing. So I've got to just watch something I hate every single day for 90 days. Well... I don't know, I'll go you... insane, John. True, that's true. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Sausage party every night, three months. No, yeah. God, no. No, I'm <laughs> Dangerous I'm... liaisons every night. Six oh, months, I'm now. sticking with this. Sticking with Forrest Gump. Thank you very much. Fair enough. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are picturing prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to All About Eve. We'll also be picturing some drinking games and hearing other sequel pitches from our Twitter followers. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most stage presence. I remember you being quite nervous when we did our live show many moons ago. If you say so. Mm, shut up. And joining <laughs> me is always the host with the most jealousy. It's John Lucas. I do. I mean, I have dedicated my entire life and career to destroying you. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worked very well. I haven't taken a look at yourself recently. <laughs> <laughs> such a bitch. Uh, okay, so then what this film? Well, all about Eve, yes. Yeah. So I thought yeah. I would choose this because we've had a little run of uh, classics. Mm-hmm. You know, we did Sunset Boulevard that went down fairly well. And then you did Hugo, which is not necessarily a old school classic, but like, you know, ties in. Definitely themes of. Themes of, yes. Yeah. So I just thought I'd continue a little bit, push the boat out a little bit. Another film that I've I've wanted to do for a while. Mm-hmm. I accept it's a risk. I'm mm-hmm. interested to see how you felt about it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I thought, you know, it's a, it's a cla- it is genuinely one of the great all time classic films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was interested to see how you feel about it. The risks didn't pay off, John. No. No. I, I kind of thought it might not. Yeah? Yeah. Well, then you shouldn't have picked it. Well, no, because I didn't, you know, I thought, it, it's, the thing is, when you, when you throw shit to me, yeah. like, you throw shit to me that is, like, shit, you know, you, <laughs> sausage party, and... And, and you, you have said to me off air that they make good episodes. Yeah. Well, maybe this is... They fun, fun to talk about. Sure, maybe this will be as well. Do you know what I thought about this five minutes in? Sure. There's still two hours and seven minutes left. It took you five minutes to check out. Like, <laughs> oh, it was slow. It, it well, it's it takes its time. It is very talky. It is very, very talky. talky. Yeah, it's a very dialogue, but such dialogue. Everyone it? talks in monologues. Yes, it, it, it didn't feel realistic to me at all. No, I don't think it's trying to feel like super realistic. But, I get that. Yeah, yeah. But, like I don't know. I've, I re- I appreciate that. What I'm saying is that like you know this is. Literally the most Oscar-nominated film of all time. How was it? It was tied. It was had that record to itself. Uh, Fourteen nominations. Wow. Uh, it was tied with Titanic when Titanic was released. Mm. I, I don't think any film has ever surpassed it. I don't know if it's mathematically possible until they add some more categories to surpass it. So. Mm, yeah. Well, the amount of awards changes. So I guess the stat you'd go with is like as a ratio of like how many. Maybe they got ninety nine. Ninety percent of the awards or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's how you'd have to do it. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, when I'm throwing you stuff that you don't like, at least I'm giving you a genuine education in the classics. I'm not just throwing you some unwatchable piece of garbage. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm sorry you didn't love it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, was there any redeeming features or were you just completely not into this? Uh, I was mostly not into it. There were, there were some bits that made me chuckle. Well, good. It, it's a very um, witty film. Yeah. Super witty. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, I kind of had to look for it, but... Uh, no, it was, it was definitely there. Okay, good. Um, it was good. I, uh, I, I can see why you picked it. Mm-hmm. It's a very you film. Oh yeah, it's sure. a, it's a, it's, a, it's a writer's film, and mm. it's, um, it's got it's got some old divas battling it out. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, sure, it's got yeah. it's got you written all over it for sure, for sure. Yeah. 
I mean, the dialogue in this does just, it, it crackles. And yeah, it doesn't feel anything like a real human conversation would be no. had in, in a lot of it. But it's it's just, it's really, it's iconic. And it's one of the great stories as well. Like it's, it gets, re, this story gets retold over and over again of like the, mm. you know, the, the hungry young starlet who comes and takes the, you know, the, the big diva's place. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a, a tale as old as time, you know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Uh, La La Land also got 14. That was it. La La Land also matched it, which, yeah. Phew, I can take Titanic matching it, but La La Land? No. No, no, no. Yeah, it did. Lo- loads of 13s. Yes. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Cool. Okay. So drinking games? <laughs> Shortest episode <laughs> ever. Uh, no, 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 no. We'll, let's talk through the plot. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll find some of the moments that you enjoyed with our sure. plot summary. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> Who's worth a try, hey? Pearls before swine. Pearls before swine. The general atmosphere is very Macbethish. What has or is about to happen? What is he talking about? Macbeth. We know you. We've seen you like this before. Is it over or is it just beginning? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. So the plot of All About Eve was released in 1950, yeah. uh, directed by Joseph Mankiewicz, starring uh, Betty Davis and mm-hmm. Anne Baxter. And when, I, when, I, when I saw that name, I was like, no, this better not be that Citizen Kane writer, not Gary Oldman. Oh, it, oh, it is Mank- I, I didn't. I forgot. It's the same guy, yeah. Is it, I don't think it is, actually. Oh, it's not? No. Okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's a similar, if not the same surname, but it's not yeah. the same guy. Okay, yeah, I can't actually remember if it is or not. But Who is this one again? Joseph R. Mankiewicz. I think it was Herman Mankiewicz. You're right. No, they are different people. Yeah. I think it was okay. Herman Mankiewicz as Manke- well. Yeah, okay. Anyway. But either way, it just made me think like, oh God, he's picked the Citizen Kane kind of film. Yeah. No. I mean, did you enjoy, I guess you enjoyed this less than Sunset Boulevard. Because you quite like Sunset Boulevard, right? Yeah, I was right with Sunset Boulevard. It was still, it was teetering on boring, but it, mm. but it wasn't. Sure, okay. Um, it, ke- it kept my attention. Mm-hmm. This one less so. This one less so, okay. <laughs> but in the, would you say this is better than Citizen Kane? Yeah. Okay, so that's something. It falls in the middle, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. So it was released in 1950 against Sunset Boulevard. They were mm-hmm. both among the most nominated films that year. Uh, this one won the Best Picture Oscar, mm-hmm. uh, Best Director as well, and most of the other ones it was nominated for, but not Best Actress, which oh, right. uh, was controversial. It was, well, again, it was... Who, who was that for? Well, this is the thing. It was Bessie Davis, who plays Margot, obviously, mm-hmm. and also... Um, was against Gloria Swanson, but also Anne Baxter, who played Eve, was also so nice. Split the vote. Split the vote, yeah. Mm. Which, and then, so some people think, oh, well, Anne Baxter should have gone in Best Supporting, but it, it's kind of her movie. She's, she's the, kind she's of the, the lead. lead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's her name, and I think she probably has a touch more screen time, if not the same amount of screen time. Yeah. It's very much a two-hander, so. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't really have been fair on her, so. Yeah, these things happen. Yeah. So, yeah, but also it does happen that in that case the vote is split. Yeah. Well, no, it, it it does happen in films like this. Sometimes they just both get supporting mm-hmm. or something. What's that one recently? Oh, um, yes, um, the one with um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's even more offensive though, because then it's like, <laughs> well, who starred in the movie? Like, so, <laughs> yeah. No, that would have been. And Bessie Davis was ne- was never going to go supporting. That was just not happening. She is. <laughs> she's a diva, like I said. She's an old diva. She would never have. Yeah. dreamed of doing supporting so yeah yeah um, this is why she's really well cast in this she is excellent because she's cast. just playing herself really yeah and did you at least enjoy the performances yeah oh good okay because yeah. I, I think it's an interesting comparison to sunset boulevard because gloria swanson in that movie is absolutely incredible but mm. i think that is the epitome deliberately of like old school acting like, mm, yeah which i think i read in between the lines i think you're probably not the biggest fan of that style of acting no. that much I think you could lift Betty Davis out of, however much you didn't like parts of the movie, I think as, as an actress, you could lift her out of this and plop her into any modern movie and she'd be good, mm-hmm. great. Because yeah. she just, I think she just has a, had a very modern style, a modern style of acting, even back in the 1950s and 1940s. Mm. She was very like, kind of realistic. And I think she, a lot of the other actors are very much like, blah, 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 you know, very theatrical. And she feels a little bit more yeah. real in many ways. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing that really annoyed me about this film was, I couldn't really, I, I couldn't really get on board with how everything was as though it was being acted on stage yeah, and yeah, they were yeah. acting to the back row. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You don't need to act to the back row. Like I'm film, right yeah. here. I'm the camera right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. I, you don't, you don't need to do to act like that. And they were all doing it. Um, yeah. To be honest, I didn't notice Betty Davis not doing it, mm-hmm. but well, I think um, she's just more. 
I think she's just a, a touch more naturalistic than yeah. some of the other ones. I think it is. The dialogue is very stagey. It, it is just, yeah. it is like that. So you just, you're either going to enjoy that or you're not. And it's fine that yeah. you didn't. Um, and it's, it's, it's not just the dialogue. It is, is the way that the actors were, the actors were doing it too. And also I wouldn't be surprised if they're all stage actors. Oh sure. Yeah. Absolutely. They're probably that's, that's what the film is. Yeah. That, that's it. The, the film is about stage actors. So, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. So. so like when I had that complaint in my head, I was like, it's kind of not valid. Like it's probably an intentional aspect of yeah. the film. Well, it's so. okay that that's not to your taste. Yeah, it's not you like all oh, this film was shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's my point. Like it's I, I can not like it for that, but it's yeah. not a reason to say it's a bad film. Exactly. Well, good. Okay, so that's <laughs> fine. So anyway, we open the film as we, as you mentioned. It's about theater folk. It's very much about mm-hmm. acting and, and stars. And we open with a young actress named Eve Harrington accepting a very fancy, the Sarah Siddons award, which is the, we're told in the first of many voiceovers (laughs) is the, uh, the highest honor that an actress can get in the theater. So she's got this very young and she's delivering her acceptance speech. And we pan around the room to all of these people looking very unimpressed that she's won this award. (laughs) This movie has multiple voiceovers, which Mm. you don't see very often. It's got, I think it, I think I counted three of the main characters have voiceovers. There's, Addison is the main voiceover in it. He does this intro spiel. Mm. Then Karen gets some voiceover. And I think Margot gets a little bit, but then it kind of fades away again. But yeah. Which one's Karen? Is that... Karen's the older blonde lady. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Margot's best friend. Mm-hmm. So we get introduced to all these characters. So Addison is... There's a lot of characters. There are a lot of characters. I, I, yeah. I struggled to keep track, especially though I couldn't tell the men apart. The men are hard to tell. The, the two, Lloyd and Bill, are either the same as you. I think in black and white, they're all kind of look the same yeah <laughs> and, whereas yeah. women at least they had different hairstyles yeah i could hold on to that i can agree with that even i sometimes want is she talking to lloyd or to bill oh it's bill oh no this is lloyd okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair that, that that is a difficulty uh, and that makes it difficult for me to follow it because a lot of it especially towards the second half it's more like oh well she's sleeping with him and he's not he doesn't want to be with her and she's going to steal him away and stuff like that i'm like well who's with what now yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair so I guess people were more primed to see the difference between people, you know, mm. back in the day when everything was black and white. But yeah. uh, we just have to get used to it. So the voiceover we, we learn is from this Addison DeWitt, who is this esteemed film critic. He's very kind of catty and bitchy. And he like, I guess he rules the theater scene with his poisoned pen. Mm-hmm. And he introduces the rest of the characters. And we so we get Margot Channing, who is played by Betty Davis. And she is the great star of the theater. Uh, and she's about... We found out she's 40. She, mm-hmm. she just turned 40. We found that out later. That's an important plot point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we co- we've got her boyfriend, Bill, who is the director of the play that has just won this award. And he's a bit younger than her. Mm. Then we get Lloyd, who is the director of the play. And then his wife... Sorry, the so, sorry, Sam, I'm getting so, yeah, Bill directed the play. Lloyd wrote the play. Lloyd is a playwright who wrote the play. Sure. And Lloyd's wife is Karen, who is Betty Davis's best... Margot's best friend. Yeah. Uh, and she just doesn't have much of a role in the theater. She's just like the, mm. the wife and the best friend. Yeah. And there's also Max, who is like the rich producer who funds everything. He's sure. kind of a bit of a bit of a figure of fun in this movie. He's mm. kind of a bit of a bumbling, lovable, dolty kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're the main cast. And then there's also Eve herself, who's accepting this award. Yeah. And then we kind of freeze frame. And then we, we do the flashbacks like Eve, evil Eve. What about Eve? Mm. Tell me about Eve. Well, let me tell you all about eve and then we flash back <laughs> there was one thing i noticed at this point when like it freeze frames yeah yeah, yeah. At, at, at that point when it finishes the well just before it goes into flashback and it freeze frames of her she's just reaching out just about to accept this award and don't know if you noticed this but like on the wall behind her there's a pistol like a a, a dueling pistol okay. that's wall mounted and it's as just where the freeze frame is, it's as though she's holding it in her hand, mm. but it's facing her. Like you're oh, gonna, interesting. You'll, you'll, you'll have to look at it and see. Mm. I was like, that's that's potentially some really fascinating, like foreshadowing of a quite literal Trekov's gun. Yeah. No. Well, um, that's that. that but, I, uh, I didn't. But, 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 it, but it wasn't. <laughs> well, there wasn't. There's no shooting in this. No, film. there's no shooting. She doesn't die. Like, no. But I wouldn't be surprised if that was deliberate because I think there are some really interesting shots in the movie. Like yeah. that's there's definitely Cause, some because that was the one that like at that point I was like okay I'm in this is okay, this, 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 be... this could be really interesting here. Okay, um, where it's, it's going to get into a bit of a bit of a shootout at the end, but you know, <laughs> well, no, like where it's going with with yeah at this point I know that she is going to try and get into Betty Davis's spot. Sure, yeah, and like okay if that's going to end up in a bit of a shootout, 
and that's, that's a bit of action. I can sort of, sure, okay. I, I, I can be up for. You I'm know, just laughing because I'm just imagining if this film ended with a bloodbath. Like it was such a different film. What do I mean? The last film you picked did. True. Yeah, and, and, and like that, that, that. That's more what I mean. Like just yeah, yeah, it yeah. being a bit more like that with just a, a little the stakes, just a little bit higher. Sure, no, um, I I can appreciate that. Because I wouldn't really call Sunset Boulevard like a high stakes like action thriller. No, not at all. There's only but, one shooting. But it but does yeah. end up with a shootout. At the yeah, end. and it tells you you can wait for it at the start. So yeah. you're like, you will just hold on for the boring bits. Someone's gonna die. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fair enough. The minor awards, as you can see, have already been presented. Minor awards are for such as the writer and director, since their function is merely to construct a tower so that the world can applaud a light which flashes on top of it. And no brighter light has ever dazzled the eye than Eve Harrington. Eve. But more of Eve later. All about Eve, in fact. Anyway, so then we flash back uh, and we, we we jump into Karen's perspective. Um, and she kind of remembers how six months earlier she introduced Eve mm-hmm. to the rest of the group. And so she gets out of a taxi and she's heading backstage after a performance that Margot's given. Mm-hmm. And she spots this young fan huddling in the doorway. And this is Eve. And it turns out that she recognizes Eve because Eve has come to every single performance for like three months yeah. or six weeks. I don't remember how long they said. And Karen is very like moved by this. And she invites her backstage to to come and meet Margot. She's like, well, you, you're mm-hmm. such a big fan. You come every, every night. Why don't you come and meet her? And so she's, she's kind of reluctant. She begs not to, but Karen kind of ushers her in and then brings her in. And she yeah she meets Margot and the rest of the kind of the backstage crew uh lloyd's there and also there's uh, maybe my favorite character birdie which is uh margo's sassy maid mm-hmm. who really disappears halfway through this movie mm. like completely yeah. drops out yeah, she does what happened there it's a shame because she's like the best part in the she's first one really interesting she's, she's like, fun she, she's the one who like sees through eve right away and is like yeah. this this girl's full of shit like I'd like i i love like a, a maid or, mm-hmm. or or you know a a servant or something who talks back to the master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just says like, no, you just stop talking shit. I'm going to go and do this and you sort yourself out. I like that sort of, that sort of talk. Yeah. She's really like in the first, she's really important in the first half of the film and then she literally, I think after the party, I don't know if she has a single other line. I don't know if she's even in it after that. It's mm. weird. Anyway, so she's there. Yeah. And Eve, uh, so they ask Eve, you know, why do you come to the same show every night? What happened? And then Eve <laughs> will, weaves this tale. Yeah, but first... The, uh, the the maid's like she, she has just recently gone into the bathroom to go and clean up in there or something. Mm-hmm. Eve starts telling the story and then like, this, I think it was my favourite joke was that <laughs> the maid just comes out of the door and then it just she just looks around just like, oh, you're all telling a story. Yeah. And then just like awkwardly shuffles through them and just, just going stands behind them like, okay, now carry on. Yeah, I love that. Like, they really <laughs> let that that moment linger. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I'm glad there were some bits. That it had you, its bits, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, so she Eve tells this tale of woe about how she grew up dirt poor in, in like farm country somewhere in, in mm-hmm. America, Wisconsin, I think she says. And but her only joy in life was a little theater troupe that she joined when she was a teenager. Um, and then she, it's, it was there that she met her f- future husband and they got married and he, but he ended up going to war shortly after they got married. Mm-hmm. And then she went up, she went to pick him up in San Francisco when, when he was supposed to be coming home on shore leave. But instead of him, she received a telegram that he'd been killed in the war. So mm-hmm. tragic, tragic. Yeah. And then around that same time, she decided to stay in San Francisco because she had nowhere to go. And around the same time, she saw a performance of this play by Margot Channing and mm-hmm. it changed her life. And she's been following the show ever since. Yeah. So she tells this story a lot more emotionally than I do. And there's like <laughs> dramatic music behind it. It's all very like sentimental and, mm-hmm. and they're all, everyone's crying, 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 like mm-hmm. so moved by this tale, uh, except for the sassy uh, birdie. who's just like, <laughs> wow, that had everything but the bloodhound snapping at her ear end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she sees everything, but the rest of the cast are all like, the rest of the characters are all like, you shut up. She's, she have a heart. Mm-hmm. This, this, this poor broken girl. Yeah. What a story. Everything but the bloodhound snapping at her rear end. There are some human experiences, Birdie, that do not take place in a vaudeville house. And that even a fifth-rate vaudevillian should understand and respect. So anyway, Margot takes pity on Eve, uh, having had this really hard life. And she kind of brings her into her life and they end up uh, becoming sort of friends. Well, she sort of becomes Margot's personal assistant kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So uh, she kind of helps them. She helps to take her margot's boyfriend to the airport and then she comes back and becomes like her living assistant and mm-hmm. it's like a honeymoon period where she's basically running her entire life and she's doing everything for her and margot loves it but then yeah birdie the the other assistant just doesn't trust her 
at all. And she's yeah. like, don't you think she's kind of being a bit creepy and studying you? And then mm-hmm. once she plants that seed, Margot starts to kind of be like, oh, hey, she is, she is a bit creepy, isn't she? And kind mm-hmm. of she spots it. Uh, and I think it's when Eve puts a call in at like midnight between Margot and Bill, who's Bill's gone out of town into Hollywood for a few months to shoot a film. And so on the night of his birthday, she arranges that there'd be a call between the two of them, but she doesn't tell, she forgets to tell Margot. Yeah. So Margot's kind of blindsided in the middle of the night and doesn't know what, she, she forgets that it's Bill's birthday. Mm-hmm. And when, when Margot realizes that's what Eve's done, she kind of, she kind of realizes that oh, some, something's not right here. And she starts to lose her trust in her a little bit and uh, starts to suspect that something might be a little bit, not, not quite as it seems. I don't know. And then we get to Bill's birthday party. So Bill's coming back from Hollywood and Margot's throwing this huge party for him. Mm-hmm. But at this point, she's like really had it with Eve completely. And she, she's, a, she's, oh, she's even more put out when, so Bill comes back after months of being away. And instead of going to see her, he kind of spends 20 minutes just in the front room kind of flirting with Eve mm-hmm. without even telling Margot that he's arrived. So, yeah. so that just sends her into kind of a, a few, understandably so, yeah, I think. Definitely. She's understandably quite pissed off. Mm. And then she just starts being, well, she, she downs, she downs her martini, which is <laughs> always a good sign. Yeah. She downs one of her, one of her first of many martinis <laughs> and uh, she starts being immediately being super catty and she has, she has like this kind of big fight with Bill. And then she starts being like really bitchy with Eve, just like throwing little subtle bits of shade here and there. So mm-hmm. uh, we get the classic line when I think Karen arrives and kind of says, oh, you, I can see what this is like. Is it just beginning or is it, is it going to be like this all night? And, uh, she does this great flourish and she goes, fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a bumpy night. <laughs> it's like the trailer line of the film. So yeah. it's great. Um, and yeah, she just progressively gets more and more drunk and more and more kind of belligerent. Mm-hmm. We get an, an, a cute little cameo from Marilyn Monroe. I was wondering if that was her. Yes, it was. That was Marilyn Monroe. Right, I mean, yeah. pretty much, ob- she's pretty unmistakable. I've never seen her in a film before. Well, that's what I was thinking. This is our first Marilyn. Yeah. And it's this is like very early Marilyn. Like she wasn't mm-hmm. like a big star at this point. Like so this... It's not like it's Marilyn Monroe doing a cameo. It's more no. like this is an early thing that led to mm. greater things for her. But yeah, it's all there. Like the voices there, the, mm-hmm. the wide eyes and the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, her comic delivery is fantastic. I, I, I yeah. really like her little cameo in this. Yeah, yeah, it's good. She's like, um, well, uh, she has like quite a few funny lines. I think the one I like the best is when she's she's trying to get a, a, a attention from someone to get her a drink. Mm. And she goes like, waiter, waiter, waiter. And the guy <laughs> says, they're not waiters, they're butlers. I can't say butler, butler. What if it's someone's name is butler? <laughs> 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 yeah, I like that. You have a point. It's it's idiotic, but you have a point. That was my favorite. That was my favorite line as well. You have yeah. a point. It's idiotic, but it's still a point. Yeah, it's great. She's <laughs> fantastic. So she's there as Miss Caswell, this kind of like talentless young star on the rise who Addison, the theatre critic, brings to the party as his like bit of fluff on the side kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, yeah, clearly he's not sexually interested enough, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she's there, and Eve's there, and. Margot's just getting more and more drunk and more and more kind of catty with everyone. Uh, she ends up like hammered in front of the piano, making everyone listen to sad music. And, and everyone's like, hey, cheer, cheer the fuck up. Mm. But she's not having any of it. <laughs> uh, she asks Max, the producer, to hire, e- take Eve on as his assistant. So that- I like how she asks the pianist, like, can you please play this song? And he's like, I've just played it four times. Yeah. Do you think anyone wants to hear this again? Well, I want to hear it again. Yeah. It's like, well, this will be the fifth. She, <laughs> she does great drunk acting. Yeah. It's like, she does that really good, like just slur it into herself kind of thing. Mm. I really like, so yeah. So Max, the producer comes over and, and, and says, have you got any Alka-Seltzer? Cause I've got really bad heartburn. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I love you, Max. Again, that very drunk. And then, and then she, she stumbles into the kitchen to get him some Alka-Seltzer. But her boyfriend is standing there and, and obviously it's a bit awkward because she's just done like, I love you. And she mm-hmm. kisses him. And then Max goes, she loves me like a father. Also, she's loaded. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good line, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she asks Max to kind of give Eve a job so that basically to get Eve out of her house because she doesn't trust her. So, and Max agrees. And in return, she agrees to help Max out by reading an audition with Miss Caswell, Marilyn Monroe's character, in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks' time because he's agreed to give her an audition. So she says, Well, I'll, I'll do the reading with her and, you know, we'll, I'll do a favor to you. I'll show up and give this girl a chance, kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah, and then we cut to a few weeks later, the time of the audition. Mm-hmm. She turns up to this audition super, like 90 minutes late because she's a star and that's what she does. She's mm-hmm. late for everything. And it turns out that the audition's already happened. And Marilyn Monroe, Miss Caswell, has bombed the audition. She's completely mm-hmm. tanked. She's got no talent. Yeah. Uh, and that's the last we see of her in this movie. Mm-hmm. But um, it turns out that because 
Margot didn't arrive on time, mm -hmm. the reading was done with her understudy. Mm. And this is when she learns that her understudy is Eve. Yeah. She's never been told about this. Yeah. And it turns out that Eve hasn't just given a reading. She's given an amazing performance. Mm. That's like, so everyone's like, well, screw Miss Caswell. She's got no talent. But mm. Eve, my God, Eve's been amazing. Yeah. And everyone's just talking about Eve. And this causes Margot to get very insecure again. And she has a mm. huge fight with Lloyd, the writer. And she has a huge fight with Bill, her boyfriend who directed it. I loved, uh, I loved Eve's reaction to this big outburst. She's just slowly walking backwards. Yeah, on stage. She, just, <laughs> she, just, she just exits stage left. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Eva's such an insincere bitch. Like mm. I, you can, you can tell from the beginning that she's like lying. But she, she does that very well. That like pretending like butter wouldn't melt kind of thing when yeah. she's really being super manipulative. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she just exits stage left. And yeah, Margot has a fight with the writer Lloyd, and then she has a fight with her boyfriend, and then Bill, and then Bill kind of just like at the end of this argument just breaks up with her. Mm. Like, like this isn't working. I can't deal with all this paranoia because it, it's all as as well. It's because a lot of it's down to the fact that. There's an age gap in their relationship. Mm. Uh, he's she's just turned forty, which she admits at the party, mm -hmm. and Bill's just thirty-two. So she's always even before Eve comes into the, the picture, she's always expecting that he's going to leave her for a younger model. And right, she, yeah. no matter how much he reassures her, she just won't hear it, and she won't. She'll never like properly trust him. And so that mm -hmm. he just at this point he's just like had enough. Mm. She has a line at some point, another really famous line at the party. She says she's describing Bill, and she says Bill's thirty-two. He looks thirty-two. He looked at eight years ago. He'll look at 20 years from now. <laughs> I hate men. <laughs> it's very quotable, this film. Yeah, very, very quotable. Uh, yeah, so she, she just can't get over the age gap thing. And she's really scared that Eve is going to steal Bill. So Bill's just like, look, I can't take this anymore. If you can't trust me, I can't be with you anymore. So I'm gone. Mm -hmm. So he dumps her and then he leaves and she's kind of devastated. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Karen, uh, Lloyd's wife and Margaret's best friend, hits on an idea to kind of give Margot a bit of a kick up the arse and a bit of taste of her own medicine because she's basically pissed off everyone in her life at this point because she's this, yeah. she's really high maintenance and she's been a bitch to everyone. And so Karen's like, look, she needs to eat some humble pie. So I've got a, I've got a plan. And her plan, it turns out, is to manipulate it so that when her and Margot and Lloyd go for a weekend away, that weekend, mm. that their car will break down. She drains the gas tank on the way back so that Margot will miss... The performance because we find out that margo as much as she's high maintenance she never ever misses a performance ever yeah. she's like a true professional yeah so she karen arranges it that the car will break down so margo can't make the performance which means that eve gets to actually go on and perform a full show yeah which is obviously margo's worst nightmare mm -hmm. we get the scene in the car where margo and, and karen have a bit of a heart to heart it's another very famous iconic speech she gives about mm -hmm. like being a woman and how she feels bad about she kind of apologizes for being a bitch to everyone she's mm -hmm. like Sometimes you forget the people that you, you know, climb over on the way up and you need to see them again on the way down kind of mm -hmm. thing. And so she's, she's kind of very sorry. And then Karen feels bad about what, what she did, but she, she's too afraid to admit to Margot. Mm. It's great. She, she, she apologizes to Margot and then Margot's like, oh, it's not your fault. It's not like you drained the gas tank. I love the face that she does. And, yeah. Her face <laughs> is just like, Ooh. yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> so she can't tell Margot the truth, but then they get, they do eventually get back and Eve has gone on and given this fantastic performance. Actually, before the women get back, so Eve goes on. Eve gives a great performance on this night as the understudy. And then we see her in the dressing room and she makes a, a pass at Bill. Mm. She tries to steal Bill from Margot. Yeah. And Bill rejects her. He's like, you're coming on way too strong. I'm not interested in this. Mm. And he, he leaves her. Uh, and she's really annoyed about that. And l little does she know that uh, Addison, the critic, is like lurking in the rafters and he sees all this go on. Mm -hmm. So he, he now sees that she's got this very two-faced side as well. As does he. Yeah. Um, anyway, then so and then uh, and then they go out to dinner. Addison and Eve they kind of have a, a chat and then they go out for a, a meal together. And then so when Margot and Karen get back into theater town, I don't know, uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> back to the theater, they learn not only as Eve it's given, New York, I think. It's, it's New York. Yeah. It's Broadway, I guess. Yeah. Not only has Eve given this fantastic performance while Margot couldn't make it to the stage, mm. she's also done an interview with Addison where she's been incredibly bitchy and unflattering. Where she says mm. she accuses Margot of being too old for the role. And of like not stepping aside to let young talent through yeah, all this stuff. And Margot and Karen are both furious because they both now see that she's completely screwed them over and yeah. she's this two-faced character. But then Eve kind of begs forgiveness and she's kind of like pretend. She says, she claims that Addison put words in her mouth and that she was tricked and she didn't mean to say all these horrible things. Mm. And Margot's having none of it. But then Bill reads the article and he comes back. I think after Eve makes that pass at him mm -hmm. as well, he realizes that maybe Margot had some maybe Margot wasn't completely crazy about this whole paranoia thing. Yeah. So Margot and Bill get back together and they get engaged. Mm -hmm. 
And then they go with Karen and Lloyd for like an engagement dinner to celebrate. Uh, and at that dinner, because I guess there's only one restaurant in all of New York, Eve turns, <laughs> Eve turns up to with Addison mm. and she asks Karen to come to the bathroom, the ladies room, and she kind of begs for forgiveness and she apologizes and she claims that Addison put all these words in her mouth and she didn't mean to say anything. And Karen kind of takes pity on her and says, well, you know, you made a mistake. These mm. things happen. You, you were a bit naive and it wasn't the right thing to do. But if there's anything I can do to help you, you know, I'm willing to give you a second chance. Yeah. And this is when Eve completely turns and she's like, well, you can help me actually. Mm. And then she just goes full villain and she's mm-hmm. just like blackmail. She's like, you can, you can tell your husband Lloyd to give me the party in his next play, not Margot, mm-hmm. me instead of Margot. And if you don't, I'm going to tell Margot what you did. Cause obviously she knows because yeah. Karen told her so that she'd have that chance to go on stage. Yeah. She's like, well, if you don't make Lloyd give me the, the part in the next play, then I'm going to tell Margot that you did. Then you'll, I'll ruin your friendship and you'll, yeah. they'll never, she'll never forgive you. And so Karen's like, wow, this is, this is a bitch. This is a stone cold bitch. She's <laughs> like, you do all that for a part in a play. And she's like, I do much more than that. Like, <laughs> if I play Cora, Addison will never tell what happened in or out of print. A simple exchange of favors. I'm so happy I can do something for you at long last. Your friendship with Margo. Your deep, close friendship. What would happen to it, do you think, if she knew the cheap trick you'd played on her for my benefit? You and Lloyd. How long, even in the theater, before people forgot what happened and trusted you? No. Be so much easier for everyone concerned if I were to play Cora. So much better theater, too. A part in a play. You do all that just for a part in a play. I do much more for a part that good. So, yeah, so then Karen's like caught between a rock and a hard place and she's like trapped. But then she gets a massive stroke of good luck. Because Margot's in this fantastic mood now that she's finally getting married to Bill. Mm-hmm. And she actually, before Karen can say anything, she says to Lloyd, she asks Lloyd to forgive her. And she's like, she she tells Lloyd she doesn't want to be take the role anyway mm-hmm. because she's finally got some contentment in her life and she, she doesn't need to keep playing roles that she's too old to play. Yeah, Because she knows she's too old for the role. Yeah, But beforehand, she would have just done it anyway out of pride. But now she's like, you know what? It's okay. Give it to someone else. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And then Karen just like bursts out into like hysterical laughter. Like she's just like, I also really like this. So she's just like laughing her head off because she's like totally dodged a bullet. Mm. And they're like, well, what's, what's so funny? And she's like, everything. And she's like screaming with laughter. And you just see uh, Margaret just picks up her wine glass and just like moves it away. It's like, <laughs> she's had enough. Like, <laughs> it's another great bit of physical comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, I know you've made plans. I'll make it up to you, believe me. I'll, I'll tour a year with this one, anything. Only only you do understand, don't you? <laughs> What's so funny? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing? Everything. Everything's so funny. So, yeah, so uh, Margot doesn't take the role, which means it goes to Eve. But then Eve ramps up her evil plan even further, we see now, and mm-hmm. she sets her sights on stealing Lloyd, the, the, the writer, mm-hmm. and breaking up her, his marriage to Karen. So she starts, like, calling him in the middle of the night, yeah. like, hanging out with him all the time. Uh, and he, he, he seems to be falling for it. He seems to be coming, like, at her beck and call night and day. And it seems like they're going to have an affair. And mm-hmm. Karen knows it's going to happen, and she can see herself being pushed out, but there's nothing she can do about it. Yeah. So then one night before a big performance, I think they're out on tour, so they go to one of the city or something. Uh, just one night before a big performance, Eve confides in Addison and tells him that this is what her plan has been. Mm. And actually she, she tells, she claims that she is having an affair with Lloyd and that they're actually going to announce tonight at the end of the play that they're going to get married, that he's leaving Karen and he's going to marry Eve. Yeah. And Addison just sees right through this. He's just like, he's like, I know what your game is. Mm. You're telling me this because I'm the gossip columnist and I'm going to write about it and then it has to come true because then yeah. it's like out there in the world. Yeah, yeah. So he's just like, he's like, you don't, you don't play me like you play these other people, these other people. Like I, I'm, I'm Addison DeWitt. I don't get played. I, I play, I roll, mm. I play the game. I, yeah. I don't get played. So, um, or something to those effects <laughs> because I'm trying to make it sound a bit more modern, but, and then he reveals that he's done a bit of research and he's found, found out all about her. Mm. 
And he's like, you've lied about everything. You never, you never had a husband who was in the war. You never actually saw Margot in San Francisco. It was all lies. And you actually got, you've been lying from the start. You, you've the got, name's not the even na- you got a fake name. Yeah. yeah. You got, she got paid off when she worked in a factory. She got paid off by the factory and his wife because she slept with the husband or something. There's mm-hmm. all this stuff going on. So yeah, he, he completely breaks her down. He says, look, I, I know everything about you and now you belong to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's like, well, not, you're not going to marry Lloyd because you're, you're going to marry me instead. Yep. And she's like absolutely horrified, but she realizes that he's got her over a barrel because yep. she's got nowhere to hide. He's, he's, he's completely cracked her. Which I didn't see coming. I really thought she was going to end up on top. Yeah. She kind of does, but not. Mm. Yeah. In a way. It's a weird relationship these two characters have. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's very, there's a lot of like coded gay villainy in this movie. <laughs> it's never said out loud, but he's pretty clearly gay. Yeah. And so I'm guessing that he just wants her for like a Stay beard. Simple. A state, a state, because he's also, he's, he's a critic, he's a writer, mm. but he's not actually in the in crowd. He's a bit of an outsider because he's not actually one of the actors or the writers or the directors. Yeah. So if he can, if he can marry or be in a relationship with like a, a big star, then that, that means he's like in with the in crowd. Yeah. So they're kind of using each other. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And I think she wanted to marry Lloyd because uh, not just as a victory, but also to then she'd get all the parts he ever wrote. Mm. So they're both very kind of heartless like this. But yeah, there's a lot of like coded gay villainy at this part of the film, <laughs> which I quite enjoy. That I should want you at all suddenly strikes me as the height of improbability. But that in itself is probably the reason. You're an improbable person, Eve, and so am I. We have that in common. Also a contempt for humanity, an inability to love and be loved insatiable ambition and talent we deserve each other so yes she's trapped she realizes that she has to um she has to stay with addison instead and uh, she accepts defeat and she gives the performance of her life that night on stage yeah and then we cut to the present day the beginning of the film and uh eve is accepting her award Mm -hmm. uh but it's an empty victory because we see she's got no friends left she's alienated everybody Mm -hmm. and she's trapped in this kind of loveless marriage of convenience or relationship of convenience with addison who's you know, very you know, obviously doesn't actually care about her at all. Is completely heartless, mm-hmm. as is she. Um, and yeah, the rest of the characters they all leave together, and they'll but they're all even though Margot's not maybe on top anymore, she's happy in her ma- marriage. She's got friends, and whereas Eve's completely on her own. And mm-hmm. I think Margot's last line in the film is she says, "Don't worry about your heart, Eve. You can put that award where it should be." Yeah. <laughs> and so she's kind of just left with this empty pyrrhic victory kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So Eve is. Eve's, Eve's really kind of unhappy, even though she's worn it's really empty. So she skip, decides to skip this party that's going to be held in her honor. Uh, she goes back to her apartment instead, where she finds a girl sleeping on her sofa mm-hmm. in a very like horror movie like style scene. Oh yeah, where you see that it's really creepy. You see the girl in the mirror first to sleep on the bed. It's yeah, really well shot. Yeah, uh, but this girl's kind of broken in, and she's a younger girl, and she's part of the Eve Harrington fan club. Yeah, probably all these New York kids really love Fierce Raptors. Like <laughs> it's a big big sure, thing. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, every school has one every school has an eve harrington club yeah. yeah so this is this girl's called phoebe and she immediately starts ingratiating herself she's like please i just i just wanted to see where you lived and yeah i kind of broke in with the maid and then i fell asleep and she starts like fixing her <laughs> drinks and cleaning the carpet, doing all the things that eve mm-hmm. did for margot just like speeding it up and yeah. eve she's too kind of drunk and morose to notice what, what's happening yeah so this girl phoebe kind of infiltrates and then addison knocks on the door with the trophy and mm-hmm. gives and says well and says well who are you and then because Phoebe answers the door mm. and then Phoebe says, oh, Miss, ha- Miss Baxter, Miss Harrington, she's asleep in there. She, she's tired, but I'll take it for her. And then she takes the award. Addison leaves. And then Phoebe, the young girl, steps into the bedroom and she holds the award up into the mirror. Yep. And there's this fantastic mirror shot. It's a great was, shot. It's a really good perspective shot of her like accepting the, you know, fantasizing about when she's going to win the award. Mm. But the camera shot kind of pans out and shows that like, well, this is like, it just never ends. These women just, you know, mm-hmm. these younger girls are going to keep coming. Yeah. There's always someone younger and hungrier. Yep. And uh, they keep coming and stealing your tr- stealing your spotlight. That's just yeah. how the world works, and that's where it ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good a, story. It's a good closing shot, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so maybe not the most enthusiastic film you've ever done, but you can appreciate it's a good story, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I feel like I educated you, even if you didn't particularly appreciate it. So <laughs> that's the best kind of education. Not, yeah, that's the best kind of film experience being educated. Yeah. <laughs> always well you get to pick next week's film so you know great i can't wait you're gonna love it oh god um so drinking games sure okay i'll start with an obvious one drink for cigarettes 
Oh, I had that too. Boy, howdy, does Bessie Davis smoke. <laughs> like it, it is like her thing. She's like the most famous smoker in all of cinema. Right. But yeah. my God, every scene she's lighting up a cigarette. Barely like, see her face. No, it's the smoke. It's yeah. always, it's, it says trademark. Yeah. Like, yeah. Always, always with the smoking. Along that lines, drink for a drink. Yes, she does down a lot of martinis as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. As do most of the characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good one to like drink along to this one, I think. Mm. Drink for a voiceover. Yeah. As I mentioned, three, three characters have quite substantial voiceovers in this film and uh yeah it's uh it's, it's quite rare to see that perspective jump across so much yeah drink for a monologue yes drink for a lot of fiat, very theatrical monologuing a lot of that yeah too much yeah because it gets boring after a while yeah I, I i just enjoy the dialogue i think the quality of the dialogue it is a bit like everyone has an answer for a witty answer for everything without nobody ever stops to think about oh, i'm fine well uh, yeah no i see what you mean there there's they just need that little pause before they come back with a witty answer but yeah it's more when people just go off on a on a ten minute rant, mm. and they just do it all the time. Sure, and it, it does just get a bit repetitive and boring. Like, yeah. oh, what's she going on about now? <laughs> is this important? Okay, there's kind really. of a self awareness to it, though. Like the big speech she gives in, in the car when she's talking about being a woman, and like the one career that all women have is being mm. a woman, and like she does this very kind of sentimental speech, and then she yeah. kind of goes, "Cut, print, the end." Yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of it. It does kind of it has that awareness of itself that it's doing. It's giving you the big speech. Yeah, but, yeah. But I agree. You know, if, if you're not a big fan of like big speeches, then this film's not going to be your mm-hmm. favorite. So yeah, cool. Oh, was that you? Um, as mentioned, drink for gay villainy. Sure. Yeah, because Addison is clearly gay, right? That goes without saying. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's very very camp. I don't know which one he was, but yeah. The fears, he doesn't look like the other men. The fear's a critic. He, he's different <laughs> from... Bill and Lloyd are the same guy, but... Okay. No, Addison, the, the critic, he's pretty distinctive. Yeah. With his hat and yeah, his big, his drawling, mincing voice. No. Sure, I, I know which one you mean, but sure. uh, I, I, didn't, I wasn't really getting gay. I, was, I wasn't getting much from him, to be, to be honest. Okay, well, I got that. But I also thought that, like, there might have been some subtle hints that maybe Eve might be some kind of lesbian. All right. I thought I thought that... This film's been criticised a little bit for, like, indulging in gay villainy tropes. Mm. Because like, there's a hint. There's a scene where Addison, when he, when Addison kind of breaks Eve down, he says, "You're like me. You're incapable of love. Yeah. You don't have real feelings. Yeah. And it kind of some people interpret that as being like, well, because you're gay, you don't have feelings. Because because mm. she never she seduces all these men, but she never seems like she actually wants them. It's all for a part. Good point. And there's that really weird scene when she calls up Lloyd in the middle of the night when she's trying to steal him from Karen, mm. and it's not her who calls. It's her roommate calls. Her roommate calls Lloyd's house and says. Oh, I, I'm uh, I'm Eve Harrington's roommate, and she's really upset, and she's been crying and wanted to kill herself and all this stuff. And he mm-hmm. he comes running over, and then when he hangs up the phone, she kind of looks at Eve and kind of goes like, yeah. and it's like, is this some kind of weird lesbian power couple? Like, what, what what's this? What's <laughs> happening? Like, I don't know. Yeah, people have theorized. Nobody knows for sure. But okay. like, yeah, sure. Yeah, it all stands up. Yeah. So any hint of gay villainy, give it a bit of a yeah. have a drink. Yeah. Uh, drink for a wig. Drink for some wigs. Yes, it's it's a wiggy wiggy movie. Yeah, it's, it's not the stage, darling. Yeah, I like it when Eve is wearing her like she's just done the performance. She's she's wearing like the ringletty wig, mm. and then she makes the pass at Bill, and Bill like completely rejects her, mm-hmm. and then she gets so mad she throws the wig. Yep, and then she tries to rip the wig, yep. and it's so like petty and ineffectual. Yeah, it's just it makes it, it doesn't really do anything. It's really endearing. Yeah. It's just like ah oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, drink for a witty comeback. Sure. Drink when, again, when the lines feel like they just come like bouncing back, because mm. there's not like a lot of back and forth. It's just like you know, yeah, straight immediately. Drink for overacting. Overacting. How or, dare you? Or acting to the back row. Acting as, to the back row. No, no. I, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it, it is playing to the back of the room. I, yeah. I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Drink for the word Eve. Oh, that was my next one as well. Drink every time. Someone, yes. Drink, yeah. Every time someone says Eve or all about Eve. Or, yeah. Yeah. They talk about her a lot. Or yeah, well, Eve she's. Harrington. I mean, the, the clues in the title. It's all about Eve. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Any more? No? Uh, I had well, last one is drink every time you spot a scene or a part of this movie or something in this movie that has been referenced by other movies. Mm. I think it's it's a very influential film. I think there's a lot of stuff in this that you you kind of see. Yeah, that one. I, I think the, the story has been done a lot. I think a lot of people parody it. You know, a lot of people do the. Yeah, I don't know. Just. just bits and pieces here and there i don't know i just feel like it's very influential yeah 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 sure. we might do some movies in the future that are inspired by this great i can't yeah. wait i'm sure you can't yeah. um cool well listeners if you if you unlike me you enjoyed this mm-hmm. um and maybe you've enjoyed this actual episode of beyond the box set as well and you really want to say thank you then you go to patreon.com slash beyond the box set where you can subscribe for as much or as little as you want to mm-hmm. whatever you feel like 
If you do, you get a bonus show where we review all the recent films that we watch. Mm-hmm. I think our last one out right now might be Black Widow, probably. You've just put Old out, haven't you? And Old as well. Old just came out. on yeah. impe- As we record this, you released the Old episode yesterday. Yeah. We will be recording, I guess, our review of The Suicide Squad tonight. Oh, yeah. 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 Remember that movie? Yeah, no, I, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah no, I, I've been trying to remember what we were supposed to review after this. It's yeah. the Suicide Squad, yeah. Cool, yeah, that'll be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you get that. You will also get a 30-second advert slot right here on the main show. And also, every now and then, we get a Patreon on the main show. You can come and choose the film for us to pitch sequels to. And you can guest if you want to, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's uh, all at patreon.com slash set. Indeed. All right. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Okay, what have you got for me then, Harry, sequel-wise? Okay, so the first one I've got here, I've got three kind of small ones. Okay, sure. Um, See if you can expand on these at all. So the first one is called All About Eve 2, Even Stevens. Even Stevens, okay. Mm-hmm. So Betty Davis mm-hmm. uses a plastic surgery guy called Steven okay. to transform herself into an even younger and even blonder woman than the girl who stole her career in the first place. Okay. She successfully steals back her career from, from Eve, and she gets Even Steven. Even Steven. She, just, gets, she, gets, she, gets, she gets even. She gets even. Okay, I'm yeah. just trying to remember what the Steven is. Okay, <laughs> actually, I love that. I love that. I love the idea that, yeah, she, she gets plastic surgery. So it could be like a death becomes her kind of thing. Yeah, yeah Where sure. she gets another film that's probably inspired by this a little bit. But mm. yeah, yeah, she gets super young and then, uh, yeah, and then tries to destroy Eve's career and get her revenge. I like that yeah. a lot, yeah. And successfully does. And, the, and they just kind of swap. And then, you know, maybe it's because imp- at the end, this. So at the end of this one, it implies that a new person's going to come in, like Phoebe is going to come in yeah, and yeah, steal, yeah. steal Eve's career. Yeah. So this one, it switches it around where Betty Davis gets it back. I'd like to finish this off in a way of like Eve going to Stephen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just being like, I want to get even, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> and, is, uh, is Stephen just like this master <laughs> manipul- manipulator? Like, I guess, yeah. yeah. Maybe he's like Addison. Maybe Addison moves on from being a film critic and becomes a plastic surgeon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's, he's, he's like the, the spider with... You know, all the webs in this film, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, maybe they had, I like the idea that they're getting like so much competing plastics, it just gets more and more ridiculous. Yeah. Until they're just basically like brains in a jar, just like competing <laughs> for something. That is very Death Becomes Her. It, it, it? it does get a little bit, yeah, that, that is yeah. basically the plot of Death Becomes Her. Yeah. Yeah. I can't but, imagine how else it would go if they were just constantly competing to stay younger and more, <laughs> you know, more in, in, in demand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, okay. So next one I've got, what was the name of the uh, the maid again? Oh, Birdie. Birdie. Yeah. Okay, well, this is called All About Birdie. All About Birdie? See, I'd watch that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be a... Well, it starts off at the end of the original, mm-hmm. um, at the award ceremony, where Betty Davis is glaring at Eve winning the award. Mm-hmm. And uh, we start getting a commentary, another voiceover from a woman who's not Betty Davis. Mm-hmm. The camera pans slightly to the left and reveals that sitting behind her is the assistant, Birdie. Okay. She's just all, always always behind Betty Davis in this film. Makes sense, yeah. Apart from in the first half where she actually is a character. Yeah. Um, she's always just slightly out of shot. She's, yeah. she's there. Yeah. She's, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is going to be her story from her point of view. And uh, it's essentially how Birdie used to be the biggest star, but then she got a fan who became her understudy, who eventually replaced her. And it was Betty Davis. Ooh, so you're taking it all the way back. And all she can do to hold on to, sh- to the showbiz life is to clean the bathrooms of Betty Davis. Mm, I like that. So, yeah. like Because, again, this film finishes, finishes with you know Phoebe taking it. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a circle. It happens again. But what if 
Betty Davis wasn't she, the first she, person she in was the e, She was Eve before she was yeah. Well, Margo, yeah. This isn't the first cycle. Well, there, there, it does get... Birdie does mention at some point early on that she used to be an actress and that's, that they worked that's, together. That's, yeah. what, that's what gave me this idea. Okay, no, I, I like that a lot. But So instead of like them being enemies though they end up with this kind of weird friendship going on so yeah. like yeah but i think it's kind of like with birdie being a bit of a parasite okay yeah. it's like living off the host who is betty davis sure 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 yeah and you know that's kind of a direction of where betty davis is going to go after after this she's going to hold on to eve in some some form as like a cleaner and or... end up working for oh that's she's gonna be so bitter yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then the same thing's gonna happen and, it's just and, the and cycle eve is gonna be Phoebe's yeah. cleaner or whatever yeah. um yeah it's gonna really going to spin out so well these hollywood actors need to start in, do better investments so they don't end up <laughs> working as clean as when it all dries yeah. up like yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, i like that a lot actually. maybe you could have it like where betty davis like she does steal birdies she she becomes a bigger star than birdie but maybe she feels bad about it yeah and then, then that's why she keeps birdie around as like a friend kind of thing so but it's always like a weird relationship dynamic because there's there's been some betrayal in the past yeah, yeah i like that um, and so the last one, uh, st- I, try- I tried to keep it on topic, but just the idea that I had just definitely went somewhere else. And so this is not okay. feel that much of a sequel to this, but it's called All About Steve. All About Steve. Um, not not the movie with Sandra Bullock, no. Uh, oh, no, nah, you, you've, 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 you've caught me there. I copied and pasted that, hoping you hadn't heard of that film. Of course I've heard um, of that film, Harry. <laughs> I, didn't, I hadn't heard of it, so I just thought, oh, it was just in the off chance. So, um, so you just copied and pasted the plot of actual movie All About Steve and thought you'd get away with it. Maybe it might have worked. <laughs> oh my God. That's a, that's a new low. That is a new low for lack of effort. Uh, so yeah, that was All About Steve. Um, <laughs> well, go on. You might as well just in case. For anyone who hasn't seen I mean, it's not like it's a really well-seen movie. I only know of All About Steve because it's the movie that Sandra Bullock, the year she won her Oscar. It looks so terrible. Yeah, it's the, well, it's the year she won her Oscar for... The Blind Side, which is also a terrible movie, but yeah. never mind. She won a Razzie for play in, in this film, All About Steve. And right. she ter- she was one of the only actors who ever turned up and accepted her own Razzie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. She's good got sport, a good, good sense sport. of humor. Yeah. yeah, she was very sporting about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's, it is, by all accounts, a terrible movie. Yeah. yeah. I kind of wanted to do it, but I was like, I've not got another terrible movie in me this, this quickly after The Love Guru. Fair enough, fair enough. And I, I don't know how terrible it is. It might just be upsetting. Yeah, no, I, I I think it's just like a failed romantic comedy, so it might be might be a good time to do it at some point. I'm not in any rush to do it. Me no. neither. Yeah, no. So go on for those who haven't looked at Wikipedia, at least go through <laughs> the plot of All About Steve. Then, so it it does sound ridiculous. Yeah. So Sandra Bullock, she is a crossword writer for a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, a famously lucrative career. Yeah. Very viable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, this sounds like I've written it. It's yeah, that yeah, bad. yeah. I can see why you thought you'd get away with this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when one day kids at a career day, they make fun of her for being single, mm-hmm. not for her career. Not because she writes crosswords for a living, but just because for being she single. doesn't have a boyfriend. Okay. They make fun of her. She accepts a blind date with Steve Bradley Cooper, mm-hmm. the cameraman for a news network. Within minutes, she decides he's the man for her. Until he, but he's quickly put off by her over-the-top advances. He makes an offhand remark about going on the road with her, but then he splits. Oh. She's moonstruck. She, write, she writes a soppy crossword puzzle and loses her job. <laughs> <laughs> this crossword was too soppy. You're fired, Sandra Bullock. She decides to follow him as the news team crisscrosses the Southwest. Steve's, what, what news team? Uh, Steve's news team. Bradley oh, news team. okay, right, sure. I know. So uh, what kind of crossword writer gets sent out on location? Okay, <laughs> fine, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, she's, she's fired now. She's fired. Okay, so. she's free to just yeah. stalk him, yeah. Uh, Steve's team uh, egg her on. They're like, yeah, go for it. But then she falls into a mine shaft. What? And she, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not joking. And she and Steve become a news story. But is it a love story? Is that the end of the that, description? That's it. Wow. I kind of do want to watch that movie. Now. It, it sounds, sounds absurd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do these big stars get made, get stuck in these things? Like, I don't know. It's, it's mind blowing. I don't know. How big was Bradley Cooper at this point? Two thousand. Oh, he was up and coming. Like I don't okay. think he. I, 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 you don't think you can blame him. I think he just took a gig. But Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Literally the same year she won an Oscar. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd have to see like Frances McDormand do this. Like no, no, Frances McDormand would never. She has. She has. <laughs> she just. She makes good choices. I don't yeah. think she would ever sign up for something like that. But. Yeah. Okay, well, that was two decent ideas and one <laughs> shameless act of um, 
act of theft or whatever <laughs> by your standards not a bad week <laughs> <laughs> i did my best okay fine fair enough so yeah i've also gone for the three small ideas thing this week it's kind of hard to write a sequel to this movie even though it does end on a cliffhanger I think, yeah i kind of find that too i mean i guess i, mean, the... I also found it hard because i didn't know what half of it was about yeah oh because you couldn't really follow it as well yeah fair enough i gotta pay attention to these things i, I even like read a whole synopsis like yeah. a full full page of a4 synopsis today okay. and i was like okay i just about got a handle of this it's not a complex plot but my it's god not, yeah it's, i guess it's a lot of characters so yeah and I'll, I'll give you that so i also did three small ideas my first one is called all about ava yep uh, and this is just some of that has a lot with maybe it's already been done i don't know listeners let me know if this has been done but a lot of these like classic old stories that don't really get proper sequels or remakes get remade as high school movies okay and I can kind of see that for this. I'd yeah. like to see like a mean girlsy kind of thing, but like yeah. maybe like a cheerleader who's like the top cheerleader in in his school or something. Obviously right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, and somebody else comes to like try and take a... Well, I feel like she takes pity on like a nerd mm. who like has no friends and like accepts, gives the nerd some like training on how to be popular kind of, you know, gives yeah. her a she's all that makeover and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the nerd turns out to be pure evil yep. and like tries to like knock the supermodel, the supermodel, knock the cheerleader off her perch and like yeah. replace her. Yeah. And try and be like, well, look, she's leaving anyway. Like she's old. Yeah. She, oh, she shames her yeah. and she, yeah, she, she kicks her off her perch and yeah. like, it's like, so is she even high school age anymore? Exactly. Really? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm thinking it a bit just very, very mean girls. Yeah. You could, it could just be like from the cast of Mean Girls. It could yeah. be like Lindsay Lohan could be Eve. I mean, of going back 20 years when these people were <laughs> not in their early 40s. But, you know, like because you, you could have, uh, yeah, Rachel McAdams, who was like the main blonde Mean mm-hmm. Girl in Mean Girls, could be the Margot Channing character. Because you could you could have uh, the gay guy from Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. He could he could be Addison. Mm-hmm. It all, yeah, it all yeah. fits, yeah. yeah. Karen could be like the, the, yeah, the, the lesbian best friend, yeah. whose name I forget. Yeah, it's all there. It all fits. So, yeah, yeah it's basically just... All about Eve meets Mean Girls, essentially. I mm-hmm. think that could be a fun little movie. I'm surprised it's not happened yet, unless yeah. it has and I've missed it. I don't know. Uh, my second idea is all about Miss Caswell. Okay. Uh, that's the Marilyn Monroe character. Oh, yeah. Because I thought the scene with Marilyn Monroe was was really, as well as being quite fun, I, I really enjoyed her. I thought it was quite interesting as like, she's like a comparison, a really good comparison point to Eve. Mm. Because I feel like if Eve's character looked like Marilyn Monroe, she wouldn't have to be such a bitch mm. because she just strolls in and gets an audition because she's gorgeous. Yeah. And like, she, it's very obvious, like laughably obvious that she's got no talent, mm. but like just because she's this, she's really pretty. She gets at least, she at least gets to get, ha, give it a go and have an audition. Mm-hmm. Whereas Eve has to literally like invent a whole fake identity and see the same play every night for three months mm. and then basically be a, a servant, an unpaid servant for several weeks just to like get to a position where she can screw everyone over and maybe get an audition. Yeah. So you have to walk a longer road if you're not, you know, the glamorous one. Yeah. So I'm thinking Eve, end of the first movie, original movie, mm-hmm. she wins her first reward. She goes to Hollywood to screen test for a play, for, for, a, for a major movie, sorry. Mm-hmm. And who does she meet but Miss Caswell? Okay. Who, is, even though she's got no acting talent, has continued to rise because she's yeah. so goddamn pretty. She's <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so maybe she, Miss Caswell actually gets the role ahead of her, even though she's less talented but she's she's very much more photogenic she's a big star yeah and then she becomes a big star and eve becomes like second bill she gets like the dowdy best friend role instead mm-hmm. and then maybe eve sets her sights on miss caswell as the next person to kind of somehow destroy and then mm-hmm. she's her yeah. next target basically as she as she tries to climb the, the hollywood ladder yeah yeah like i like that yeah I like the idea that Miss Caswell, just because she's kind of clueless, would just have no idea that anyone's trying to destroy her. She's just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> just floating through life on her prettiness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so that's uh, all about Miss Caswell. And my final idea, it's uh, not that long, but it's the longer of the three. I've got a bit more thought on this one. So again, I was quite interested in the the gay villainy, obviously, mm. of this movie. And the idea that Addison and Eve are stuck in this kind of loveless relationship. Mm-hmm because they're not really into each other physically. So I'm thinking again, cut to maybe a year or so after the events of the original film. Mm. And you can maybe even Addison have got married and Eve has actually gone to Hollywood and become a movie star. She's continued to rise. She's a big, she's famous now. Yeah. Uh, But she's still trapped in this useless marriage with this theater critic who she can't get out of the relationship because he's got all this dirt on her. And now she's a superstar. It's even worse. Like there's no way she can possibly risk him spilling the beans about all the stuff that mm-hmm. she's like, you know, she's lied about having a soldier as a 
husband, which is obviously going to be a huge scandal if it ever got out. She changed her name. Mm-hmm. She's destroyed. She's like betrayed people in the industry. So like he's got all this dirt on her. Mm. So she can't get out of the relationship. But now that she's in Hollywood, she doesn't need him anymore because all he is is he's just a fierce critic. He's yeah. got no power in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like he's just become a complete parasite even more so where he's just like flagrantly sleeping around with all the men in Hollywood mm-hmm. and like just like drain, spending all of her money and gambling and drinking yeah, and just yeah. basically being an embarrassment. But she can't get rid of him because he's got all this dirt. Yeah, but well, this probably would spoil your thing, but is it really dirt? Like when somebody starts getting really famous, is it like, oh, they used to be called somebody else and they slept with someone's wife? Well, it's the, it's the 1950s. It's a much more, you know, button down time but then maybe it's all maybe it's her own it's in her own head but you know she's Mm. so afraid of losing her pitch perfect image Mm -hmm. that you know she just can't deal with the possibility of a scandal you know so she just can't accept it so i'm thinking that she comes to the the decision that the only way out of this marriage there's no way she can divorce him because he always whenever she tries to do that he threatens to tell everyone everything Mm -hmm. but because he's he's also developed into like a bit more of a drinking problem mm. so that she's worried that he's just going to get drunk and spill the beans anyway one day whether or not she stays married to him so she's yeah. like she feels completely trapped so she decides the only way out is to kill him sure so she hires a hitman to murder her husband mm-hmm. and i'm thinking she succeeds i think she succeeds she, she hires a hitman and to have him killed and then the rest of the movie can just be her trying to evade like suspicion. All right. Does he, it, it works. Like, it works. He um, dies. Yeah. All right, okay. But then I'm thinking that maybe someone knows, maybe there's someone who knows, or maybe right, like yeah, something yeah. goes wrong and she gets blackmailed. Yeah. And she's Is trying Betty to, co- Davis? Co- well, maybe, but I was thinking like, she's trying to cover her tracks and the whole movie could be her trying to cover her tracks from this murder. She's committed while, you know, imagine if like, I don't know, Reese Witherspoon had her husband murdered and then tried yeah. to pretend nothing happened. You know, yeah, yeah. be quite a scandal, you yeah. know, it'd be hard for to hide from it. So I'm thinking it's like that. She's trying to maintain this image and like be like the grieving widow and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know exactly what happens. Maybe, maybe it's Betty Davis. Maybe somebody is, yeah, but somebody's onto her anyway. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the, the night that she gets arrested is actually the night when she wins an Oscar. Right. Okay. So she's, she's nominated for an Oscar. It's like the peak of her Hollywood career. Mm. And at the ceremony, the police come in and all the FBI. Yeah. On stage. On st- drag her away. Yeah. Screaming. Yeah. And obviously, if someone's not there to collect their Oscar, mm. they've already won it. Yeah. It's too late to change it. Yeah, yeah. Someone has to accept it in her behalf. Uh. So then uh. <laughs> someone's going to go up and like, well, unfortunately, Eve Harrington isn't is unable to accept the award right now because mm-hmm. she's literally been dragged off to jail. Yeah. So accepting the award on her behalf is her oldest friend in the business, Miss mm-hmm. Margot Channing. Of course. And then Betty Davis gets her revenge. She gets yep. to accept an Oscar yep. for Eve. Yep. And yeah. Nice. Credits roll. Nice. I like that. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, that was uh, what did I call it? That was that was all about. Well, that didn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> I gave it a title, and then I was like, "Oh, actually, I kind of wrote away from that title." So, <laughs> it, it happens, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I know. All about Eve, to the revenge, the feud, something. Who cares? Yeah. Okay, even Stevens. Even Stevens. There you go. You, you yeah. quite, you become quite attached to that one, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, it works. Okay, fine. <laughs> so yeah, those were our sequel ideas. Should mm-hmm. we move on to listener submissions? Yeah, uh, yeah. So over on Facebook. Yeah, Mary Parking Lot said all about Steve, but she didn't go with the Sandra Bullock movie. She thinks all about Steve should start Liam Neeson and Chris Hemsworth. So I guess Liam Neeson's like the <laughs> See old... See where this is going. He's like the old action star, like yep. the Taken guy, and Chris Hemsworth's like the up-and-coming It's one of them called Adam. Uh, maybe. It says they're both called Steve. Well, I don't know. Oh, right. Oh, I thought it was going to be some sort of a gay romance between Adam and Steve. Oh... I'm not getting that, but that that could also yeah. That, I, I, I'd be happy to see Liam Neeson and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Your face that, changed. There. Yeah, that, <laughs> Your eyebrows went up and everything. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know what that, what that would be, but I think I'd like to see it. Yeah. Uh, Call me by your name. Twenty years later, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa Becker says, if you remade it in the present day, it would have to be about a social media star and an Instagram influencer, surely. Definitely. So, yeah. Tess Sullivan said, "We I don't know what the next se- what the first sequel would be, but we know there'd be at least ten sequels, and the tenth one will be called All About Eve. Fast Ten, Your Seatbelts. <laughs> nice. A bit of a long walk there, but yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. go with it. Yeah. Over on Twitter, Kieran Connolly said, "All About Meve. Same film, but everyone's got really thick Irish accents. Right. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Rivers at Bobby Rivers TV said, "At the end of the original film, Eve Harrington admits she's going to Hollywood to make a film." So maybe the follow-up is following Anne Baxter, the actress who played Eve, mm-hmm. making her first film. Yeah. Which is that she had a film career. She wasn't as big of a star as Betty Davis. But she starred in a, f- a famous film called The Ten Commandments. She played like an Egyptian princess. 
So maybe that's like Eve's first big film role and it's all about her adventures in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So that could be kind of similar to my one where she gets in there and meets Marilyn Monroe and stuff and you know, yeah. all things start going wrong for her. Uh, and finally, our friend Martin Gardner at MG Loves Fun said, all about Adam. It's just same but gender flipped. Nice. You know, Adam and Eve. Yep. Eve and so thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week a few days before we record by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, in all of which you may also leave us a five-star review if you so wish. You can also support us on Patreon for as much or as little as you think we're worth to get all the bonus features that we mentioned earlier in the show, you can find all the relevant links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. Mm-hmm. And next week, Harry. Yeah. Your pick. Yeah. What okay. have you got for me? So, you know Jennifer Aniston? I am familiar with her work. Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you think is her least favorite movie? That she's ever done? No. Oh, so it's not a Jennifer Aniston movie? No, it's not. What I do don't know. That seems, is this like a joke answer? Mm, no. No. Is it starring another member of the Friends cast? Mm, not really, no. I'm confused. Oh, you won't be when I tell you. Uh, oh, is it like a Brad Pitt movie? Yeah. Oh, the one he met Angelina Jolie on? Yeah. Oh, is it Salt? Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Never seen it, but sure. Have you not? I don't think so. It's not really my cup of tea. I mean, it might be when I watch it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure if it's going to be good or not, because it was like a mid-noughties, like, schlocky action movie. Sure. And I've not seen it since about then. Okay. Um, so uh, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Cool. Well, we've gone all the way from All About Eve to Mr. and Mrs. Smith. What a leap. Yeah. Cool. I, yeah, well, I thought I'd just leave the past in the past, and let's just go to the present day of 2003 or whatever. The present day of 15 yeah. years ago. Sure. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I'm here for that. Yeah. Cool. Great. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Can't wait. Yeah. Cool. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for subscribing. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Slow curtain, the end. <laughs> 